What's happening, everybody? On today's show, what are the biggest questions heading into spring practice across the SEC? We're going to run through some of those for every team. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along with LinkedIn Jobs. You can find qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals this year. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. We're going to do something a little bit different today. Uh, the Athletic came out with a really good article on biggest spring practice questions facing each program. So figure we run through some of those and add our own opinions, my own opinions, on uh, what's each team uh, will be thinking heading into spring ball. So let's jump into it as we start with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, And the question that the Athletic asks heading into spring ball with Alabama is, what kind of impact will the two new coordinators make? Here's what Seth Emerson says. He says, on the offensive side, how much of the playbook will Tommy Reese bring with him from Notre Dame, and what impact will that have on the quarterback decision between dual threat Jalen Milrow and former five-star quarterback Ty Simpson. On the defensive side, does Kevin Steele keep running the typical Nick Saban system, or is something new needed there? Now, I'm more concerned about which quarterback is going to win the job and his development more so than just the play calling. I think Tommy Reese is going to be fine as a play caller. He didn't seem to have much of an issue at Notre Dame. But what can he do to the development of the quarterback? If you heard it a few weeks ago, uh, you know, some people that uh, we had on the show said that they think Ty Simpson is going to win this battle, uh, beat out Jalen Milrow, and he'll be the quarterback for Alabama. What does his development look like with Tommy Reese as the OC? That is something we'll be watching throughout this uh, spring as the quarterback battle. I don't think we'll get many answers on who will have the upper hand in the quarterback battle once spring ends, but uh, certainly something to watch. How about over at Arkansas? Uh, The question plaguing them, according to The Athletic, they say, is Dan Enos the change Arkansas needs at offensive coordinator? And here's what Ari Wasserman says. He says, when Kendall Bryles left Arkansas to become the OC at TCU, Sam Pittman had his replacement announced before Bryles was even officially announced by the Horned Frogs. Enos returns to Arkansas for a second stint, previously worked with Pittman under Brett Bielema, with K.J. Jefferson returning for another year. Well, Enos used the spring to enhance his system and get the most out of his veteran quarterback. To me, I think that's an interesting storyline, but to me, the bigger storyline for Arkansas is, has that secondary been fixed? They gave up so many passing yards last season. Uh, Points-wise, they gave up 27 or more points nine times last year. I need that Arkansas defense to be tweaked, fixed, particularly that secondary. And... uh, Tell you this, I mean, look, if they if they can hold opponents down, then I think uh, you know I think they'll be much improved. I think that win total will be improved, but certainly, Enos with the offense 
with KJ Jefferson, the expectation is that the offense will be better. At least that's in my mind. Uh, next up, running through the teams, we go to Auburn. As Seth Emerson brings up, how will the new staff rebuild in the trenches for Auburn? He says Hugh Freeze inherits a team that lost 10 offensive or defensive linemen with starting experience, including defensive lineman Derek Hall and Colby Wooden. The Tigers reached into the portal for three O-linemen and four defensive linemen and have several returning players with at least some experience. I do agree. I mean, that, that is one of the biggest storylines for Auburn. But more importantly for me, why no true competition for Robbie Ashford? Why did not, or why didn't Hugh Freeze add at least one more quarterback from the portal? Again, the hope is Hugh Freeze gets the most out of Ashford, but I would have liked another body to come in and help push him, make him earn that starting job, not go into spring thinking, oh, I'm the guy, no matter what happens here. Next team, we've got the Florida Gators. And G. Allen Taylor over at The Athletic, he writes, can the defense find answers to solve a brutal three-year stretch? Said so the final two years under coordinator Todd Grantham and one under Patrick Toney, the Gators' defense ranked eighth or worse in the SEC in points he guarded a lot. Last season, it plummeted to dead last in third down stops. The response was importing two D linemen and three more at linebacker. Watch to see how Cameron Jackson from Memphis and Taraja Mitchell from Ohio State acclimate along with the pecking order Tony establishes for three new starters at the safety spots. I'll also add, I want to see what this offense is going to look like. You know, Billy Napier being an offensive-minded coach. We saw Florida offense score just 16 points against Kentucky last year, just 20 against Georgia, and of course, the three-point dud in the bowl game where they were limited. Uh, defense was worse than offense last year, but with Anthony Richardson gone, you know, what is this offense going to look like with presumably Graham Burtz under center? Um, you know, are they more, more balanced? Do we see more run game this year? Just uh, something to keep an eye on. And a lot of questions there in Gainesville heading into the spring. A lot of things we'll be keeping an eye on there. Over Georgia, the Athletic and uh, Seth Emerson says, anyone going to challenge Carson Beck for the starting job at quarterback? Beck was the top backup last year. Looks like the heir apparent to Stetson Bennett. Has the arm talent the coaches want. But could Brock Vandergriff, with his dual threat ability, tempt the coaches? And could Gunnar Stockton also make a run at it? This is what I'm curious to see more so Mike Bobo taking things over. Has his play calling evolved at all? And, you know, it doesn't look better with all the four and five-star talent George just got up and down the roster. Does he keep anything from Todd Munkin's playbook? Won't see a whole lot in the spring, likely, but I'm just curious to see. Does Mike Bobo have some new wrinkles in there? Because, let's be honest, this could set Georgia back a little bit if he comes in with, uh, you know, an archaic playbook. How about over at Kentucky? The uh, athletic big question they ask is, did Mark Stoops fix the offense? Stoops certainly did not stick his head in the sand after a disappointing season for an offense Led by likely top 10 pick Will Levis at quarterback. The Wildcats were bad around Levis from a flimsy old line that got him beat up all year to questionable play calling from their OC Rich Gangarello. So Stoops fired the OC after just one season, went back and grabbed Liam Cohen, who was so good two years ago, and he nailed the offseason, it seems, from a roster management perspective. Lands the top 
quarterback in the transfer portal, Devin Leary from NC State. Brings in Ray Davis, running back from Vandy with almost 3,000 total career yards. A 33-game starter at left tackle and Marcus Cox coming from Northern Illinois and a former four-star guard in Tanner Bowles from Alabama while retaining the team's three best wide receivers, all of whom could have hit the transfer portal. That should be enough to dramatically improve an offense that ranked 112th nationally in scoring and 116th in total yards. I will also add this uh, question marks for Kentucky going into the spring. Can we find some pass rush this offseason? Last year, their leading sacker was J.J. Weaver with three. Trevin Wallace and Jordan Wright both had two. You compare that to Alabama last year, Will Anderson and Dallas Turner combined for 14 sacks total together. Wildcats need to find some sack artists this spring. Does one emerge in spring practice? That will be interesting to keep an eye on. And another one, how about... At LSU, they say, can big-name defensive additions gel quickly? Brody Miller says, from a distance, LSU has a roster ready to compete for a college football playoff spot with nearly their entire offense back. But LSU will be dependent on some big-name defensive transfers like Pac-12 Oregon State linebacker Omar Spates and cornerback additions like Denver Harris, J.K. Johnson, Deuce Chestnut, Zy McDonald. A ton of talent, but a ton of new I agree with Miller's sentiment there. One question I'm just curious for with LSU, what does a run game look like this year, 2023? They bring back Josh Williams, John Emery, Noah Kane. Sounds like Armani Goodwin will likely uh, miss much of the spring, but they bring in some new arrivals in Caleb Jackson and Trey Holly, super talented. Will a workhorse emerge from that group? And does Brian Kelly want to go running back by committee again? Uh, Williams led all the rushers last year with... 532 rush yards, but it did seem to be running back by committee for LSU. Will it be that again this year? We'll see. Pause it right there. We'll pick up with the rest of the SEC in just a second, but thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll do the other half of the conference. But first, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. If you're a small business owner or hiring manager, you know success this year all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. You can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs, helping you attract all the qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the most qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. on here locked on sec and again want to give proper credit uh, if you have not checked out this article on the athletic encourage you to go do so they kind of put up a list of questions for every team around the sec as we headed to spring practice and so running through some of those but also i'm adding some of the questions that i would like to see answered or um, you know simply posed as we go into spring practice so picking it back up where we left off we head to starkville Mississippi State. Here's what uh, the Athletic says. What do Zach Arnett's Bulldogs look like? 
The tragic loss of Mike Leach, Mississippi State turned to its highly touted defense coordinator, Zach Arnett. He brought in Ken Barbe from Appalachian State to run the offense. He has Will Rogers returning back at a quarterback. But Mississippi State also lost a lot of its experienced infrastructure. Lost a lot of receivers. Lost a lot of pieces on the defense. That's the biggest question to me. I mean, we've seen Will Rogers get better year by year. Heading into his fourth year now at, at Mississippi State. Got better and better in that Mike Leach system. But is it still the Mike Leach system? Or is it a completely different offense? We're going to find out here and we'll see some wrinkles throughout the spring. But you know, I could easily see the tide turning there at Mississippi State where they become a more defensive-minded team than offense. We saw a little bit of that in the bowl game. But to me, you know, is this, uh, you know, Will Rogers, does he take a step back production-wise here in his last year at Starkville? We will find out. One of those things to keep an eye on as we head into spring ball. Another one heading over to Columbia. As Eli Drinkwitz, big question posed for him. Will the Sam Horn-Jake Garcia quarterback battle make Brady Cook the odd man out? The athletic rights Eli Drinkwitz needs a playmaker to emerge after back-to-back -back years of his quarterbacks ranking 80th and 83rd in passing efficiency. Now that shoulder surgery is sidelined Brady Cook, Spring reps will be split by former blue chip recruits. Sam Horn appeared in one game as a redshirt. And Jake Garcia, he was the number 48 prospect two years ago. Transfers in from Miami. He skipped one of the ACC's worst offenses. Both have the ability to stretch the field more than Cook. Who relied on rugged running to move the chains. Watch to see which quarterback syncs up more smoothly with receivers Luther Burden and Theo Weiss. That is um, certainly storyline to keep an eye on with Mizzou with Brady Cook uh, having offseason uh, surgery and so he will be out for the spring and again what if let's say Jake Garcia comes in and performs very well does he supplant Brady Cook does he get Wally pipped hey man sorry you're out but I came in ran the offense more efficiently it's a good problem to have for Coach Drinkwitz but um Again, going to see which one of these guys can step up and maybe run the offense more efficiently than Brady Cook. Speaking of quarterbacks, big question for the Ole Miss Rebels as uh, the Athletic writes, what happens with this crowded quarterback room? Ole Miss returns starting quarterback Jackson Dart from an eight-win team, but it added Oklahoma State Spencer Sanders and LSU five-star freshman Walker Howard. One would not think Sanders chose Ole Miss, Ole Miss to go sit but then what happens to Jackson Dart? Of course, that is the biggest storyline for Ole Miss. To me, what's the defense look like? Pete Golding, obviously coming in, ran some great defenses at Alabama. Alabama fans ran him out of town. Ole Miss fans opening their arms. Please, come to Oxford. Please help us turn this defense around. Uh, they looked promising at the start of last year, and then the defense kind of unwound as the season went along. If Pete Golden can find some playmakers on that defense this spring, something to keep an eye on for the Rebels, where, uh, again, if they can get some big stops and make some big plays defensively next year, that only helped that, that Lane Kiffin offense and whoever the quarterback is for Ole Miss. Heading over to South Carolina, the Athletic asks, will the Gamecocks find enough balance offensively? Spencer Rattler to Antoine Wells. Should be tons of fun in Columbia next season. Should be one of the passing combinations to watch across the sport. 
And Rattler has plenty of other quality pass catchers at his disposal. They bring in Arkansas tight end Trey Knox, who followed new OC Dole Loggins from Fayetteville. But the Gamecocks have to sort out an offensive line that lost three starters. And the top two rushers from last year, Marshawn Lloyd and Jaheim Bell, are gone after combining for 16 touchdowns last season. Some balance would help protect Rattler and take pressure off a defense that still projects to have deficiencies next year. Yeah, to me, I got to find, find some playmakers on this South Carolina defense. They lacked it so much last year. But, yeah, first order priority, protect Rattler and give him some time. So we saw, man, against Tennessee, against Clemson, when they protected, he got into a rhythm, got into a flow. So first order business for South Carolina. Shore up that O-line, but two, find me some defensive playmakers. Over in Knoxville, Tennessee Vols. Question for them, the Vols have pass throwers and catchers, but what about pass stoppers? They say much of the spring focus will be on five-star freshman Nico Yamaliava. Of course, as he absorbs the offense, gets an idea of how far he is behind starter Joe Milton. But Tennessee has to be better defensively if it wants to appear prominently in the playoff rankings for a second straight fall. Plenty of veterans vying for spots in that secondary. Danico Slaughter is one to watch after his finish last year. But it would be great for the Vols to see a young player or two make a big splash in the spring. Someone like early enrollee cornerback Jordan Matthews. That's the big one to me. If Tennessee can get back to tough, gritty defense like they had, oh, I don't know, 15 years ago, they can get that matched with the Josh Heupel offense, they're going to really be cooking with something. But they got to find some playmakers, and that'll be something to keep an eye on with Tennessee throughout the spring. Find me a playmaker or two on that defense that steps up, and you say, man, that's somebody that teams are going to have to game plan for. Next up, we head over to College Station, Texas A&M. What will the offense look like under Bobby Petrino? Sam Conn Jr. says spring should provide the first clues as to how A&M's offense is going to look with their new OC. Aggies averaged just 22 points per game last year, second worst in the SEC, leading Jimbo Fisher to find a new OC, one who is expected to assume full play-calling duties. Substantial offensive talent returning. Quarterback Connor Wegman, who was good as a freshman, along with receiver Evan Stewart, Moose Muhammad, Anaya Smith, but how will Petrino utilize those guys? That will be fascinating. Again, um, that is the big order of business. What does the AM offense look like? Do they find a running back? Who's going to replace Devon A-Chain? Um, so we know that that offense has always been predicated on dominant run game at AM. So they got to find that guy. And then defense. Got almost four and five star studs on the D line. But it didn't feel like they got the constant pass rush like they should have had with all those pieces last year. So another thing to keep an eye on with AM in the spring. And then lastly, rounding things out, we go to Vanderbilt as Clark Lee. Question for him, what does continuity mean for the Commodores in 2023? Uh, the Athletic writes, Vanderbilt is circulating a graphic titled with a favorite Clark Lee phrase, developmental program, and touting itself as the SEC's least active program in the transfer portal. Per the graphic, Vanderbilt had one transfer ad and eight losses in the offseason. Per program sources, running back Ray Davis was the only unexpected loss. This team will look much the same this year after winning a surprising five games last year. A positive improvement and development are strong. It would also be nice to see some young players push for roles in the spring. Yeah, I think uh, Vandy's just got to keep grinding this thing out and developing talent. Clark Lee seems to be a pretty good coach when it comes to that. 
some of those that young talent they had last year, can they continue to develop them and take that next step? It's tough, man. We know the schedule is absolutely brutal, but Clark Lee's raising expectations, at least from where they have been past couple years at Vanderbilt. Crazy to say, you know, five wins is an improvement, but it was at Vanderbilt. So we'll keep an eye on them once spring ball gets going here very soon. And thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to go around the conference, get you caught up with some notes from the weekend that was in basketball and a few other things. Uh, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to go try a Built Bar with Built. Healthy is actually tasty. They are so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Uh, and, of course, what makes them so good for starters they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Real chocolate. They come in amazing flavors like the churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein packed in there. And now you can uh, find them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Go check them out. You can go to their website right now and check out some of the great flavors at Built.com. Built.com is the website. Go try Built Bar today and start feeling better about yourself. All right, one more segment to go here on Locked on SEC and did things a little bit different today. So let's jump into it now. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. And we head over to Kentucky as reports say they will begin selling alcohol uh, or have started this past weekend selling alcohol at baseball and softball games. They will do so throughout this spring. Wildcats beginning a pilot program for alcohol sales in those sports. Uh, no other spring sports will be included in the program. Mitch Barnhart said to release our priority is to positively impact our student athletes and the experience of our fans. It's been a long-standing practice. We approach this deliberately, keeping in mind our priorities and principles, focused on data and lessons learned and best practices. After careful consideration, decided to implement a pilot program. So uh, more details, alcohol beverage sales include beer and seltzer products sold in cans or cups, uh, limited to per transaction, ID check, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but Kentucky's baseball home opener was this past weekend. The uh, Wildcats softball program will begin their home slate on March 8th. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But the uh, SEC, of course, lifted that ban on alcohol back in spring of 2019. And it's led to a lot of revenue for the schools that have been doing it. So we'll see how Kentucky does with it. And hopefully uh, nobody does anything stupid over there. Uh, in other SEC news... Over at Tennessee, Marcus Gorey Jr. staying home, committing to Josh Heupel and Tennessee over the weekend. Uh, he also named Colorado, Michigan, and Nebraska as his finalist. He is a six foot tall, 170 pounds, three stars, uh, the number 10 product from the state of Tennessee, number 61 athlete in the country for the class of 2024. And uh, they list him as an athlete, but it appears he will play defensive back at Tennessee. So, uh, good pickup there for Josh Heupel and his crew as everybody starts to turn the page and focus on their 2024 recruiting classes. Quick baseball note. Obviously, uh, we're not going to recap all the 
uh, SEC baseball series from over the weekend. But one note over at LSU, top-ranked LSU, uh, one of their big prized acquisitions of the offseason, transfer Tommy White got uh, injured on Friday night on the base path, base path diving back into first base. Uh, looked like it was a dislocated shoulder. They said it uh, wasn't uh, that serious. Uh, Coach Jay Johnson said uh, that uh, they expect him to be back in the lineup here very soon, but uh, ended up sitting out the games on Saturday and Sunday. He was the guy that uh, had a huge freshman year at NC State last year. I think set the uh, freshman record for most home runs there. So it would be a big loss for LSU, but it sounds like uh, he'll be back in there very soon. Over on the basketball court, uh, Joe Lunardi updated his bracketology following Saturday's slate of games. In his first or his latest update, uh, he mentioned Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi State in his last in and first out. So here's what he's got. He has Alabama as the number one overall seed after the Tides blowout win over Georgia. He had Tennessee dropping to a three seed after their loss at Kentucky. And as for Mississippi State, he has the Bulldogs as one of the last four in following their win over Ole Miss. Mississippi State will play at Mizzou on Tuesday night. That's an important game for both of those teams. Tennessee travels to AM to face the Red Hot Aggies, or in second place in the conference behind Bama. So Tennessee better bring their A game. And the Crimson Tide visit South Carolina on Wednesday night. Now the Tide, man, they just continue to impress. With their latest blowout win. They uh, have only lost four games this season after their the two uh, the two losses on the year. The Tide bounced back with wins of 40 points or more over conference opponents. According to ESPN, it's been more than 40 years since another Division I team did that twice in the same season. Alabama lost to Oklahoma back in January and bounced back with a 101-44 win over Vandy. Uh, Wednesday, Bama fell to Tennessee. So over the weekend, they beat Georgia 108-59. Very impressive. Uh, Chris Reynolds from the uh, uh, explaining on the March Madness Bracket Breakdown Preview Show. Explaining why the Crimson Tide are number one. He said the number one team is Alabama on the strength of 13 wins in quad one and quad two. They have a very strong resume, and that win at Houston has put them over the top for us. Uh, meanwhile, Kentucky, they are still fighting for their chance in, but that was a very nice win for them. 66-54 over the Vols, securing a season sweep for the Cats. After the game, John Calipari said, look, talking us out of the NCAA tournament doesn't work. You either play yourself in, or you play yourself out. So people talking, oh, they're done. I just said, look, don't listen to any of that. We lead the nation in attendance, and our fans in that game helped us win that game. And so all I'm saying is don't listen to all the garbage. And if you hear it, turn it off. Turn off your computer and just have good thoughts about this team because this team is trying to fight. So we'll see what happens with Kentucky if they end up uh, finishing strong and getting into the tournament. And there you have it. That is the latest going on around the conference. Appreciate you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Now you can make your second listen. Check out the Locked on College Basketball Podcast. Everything you need to know about college hoops all in one place. Hear from some big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. We will talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked on SEC.